Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Sarah from Brighton, and you're listening to Dame Baptiste Questions Everything. My question is, if you could be the member of a band or group, past or present, who would it be and why? Okay, here comes the show, and remember, question everything. Hello everybody, welcome to Dame Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast where myself, comedian, writer, and occasional actor Dame Baptiste, my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka The Hizzer. Hello! And a mix of very special guests pose the questions that need to be asked, and we're talking everything from... Well, we're talking everything from Sarah from Brighton's question. If you could be a member of a band, past or present, who would it be? Good one, Dane. Um, to me, I'm just going to go Slash from Guns N' Roses. That's like iconic band, iconic band member, rock and roll lifestyle, end of November rain, in the rain, playing the guitar solo, on top of the piano, actually, I think it was in the music video. That's, that's fine for me. By that same token, then I would say I would. Oh, Slash is a good one. Um, Slash is a winner, right? It's a really real winner. I might be like Chad Hugo from NERD. Yeah, I like I like Chad. I feel like Chad is maybe the underrated part of the Neptunes, but at the same time, always is consistently there, and so therefore continues to enjoy his work. So maybe I'd be him, or maybe I'd be. Timberland's brother Magoo from the Super Friends because then you have to be around like Timberland and Missy Elliott but do the absolute minimum yeah. which is no, also very amazing. cool as well or is it Sean is it Sean Riley Sean Riley from the Sean Happy Ryder Monday? from Happy Monday yeah, yeah. Is it just plays a tambourine well, that's Bez. Bez, Bez Bez as well what does Sean do yeah yeah, Sean sung, but you know, okay. let's work for Bez. Yeah, yeah. So Bez, I, I, or even Bez, that's a that seems like yeah, a pretty yeah. cool job. Tambourine, keeping keeping the rhythm, but not being too imposing. So yeah, any of those guys, I'd say. There you go, Sarah. Uh, hope you enjoyed that. And suffice to say, on this show, we ask and answer all the questions, don't we, Dave? Absolutely. The question is too big, too small, too highbrow, or too silly. And if you do enjoy the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify and you'll never miss an episode. Or subscribe to us on Acast, the world's biggest podcast network, where you can hear all of the very special questions being asked by our very special guests. With that being said, on today's show is an actress, singer, and stand-up comedian. She is a Musical Comedy Awards Best Newcomer winner and Funny Women Variety Award winner. Her show, Supersonic 90s Kid, played to Full House at the Edinburgh Fringe, and was recommended by both the British Comedy Guide and Comedy Central as one of the top 12 shows of The Fringe. And she also hosts the podcast Mystery on the Rocks, which began in 2019 with comedians Chris Stokes and Masood Milas. Please welcome to the show, Suze Kepner. Hi, thank you very much for having me and that lovely intro. It didn't mention any of the bad stuff. Oh, so well, you know, you know, we tried. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking, obviously, this is an audio podcast, so people can't see that there's a picture of Freddie Mercury behind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm it might thinking be a cardboard go- cutout. 
You're going to say, Suze, that uh, Freddie Mercury would be who you'd pick to be from a member of a band, or am I wrong? I don't think so, because he died under horrible circumstances. <laughs> um, I don't... Yeah, sorry, I think, I'm not, I'm not laughing at the death. <laughs> <laughs> Albert, Albert. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Howard loves to hear about the death of uh, <laughs> yeah. death of men in the eighties from an unstoppable virus. Yeah, no, Freddie Mercury. Like, I think it'd be brilliant to live the alternative timeline where Freddie Mercury uh, got to live and prosper. Now, I think do you know who I'd be. I think I'd choose Jeff Lynn out of ELO because Lovely. you got to be in a band that people really liked, um, and he can probably walk around and no one bothers him. That's what I mean. That's that's the fine line, isn't it? That's that the you dream. still enjoy that you went on the tour, you enjoyed tour life, all yeah. the perks, but then you can go to Sainsbury's and just buy a pack of fags in your slippers. That Jeff is the Lynn. perfect life. Jeff Lynn's yeah. got it good. He's got it real good. Because I'm going to go for maybe you know Tito or Marlon or Jackie, but then I thought I don't know, man. They probably still get it nowadays, depending on where they yeah. are. Because Tito has had all the surgery and he lives in Dubai, so I thought I'd go with that. And then I thought I could maybe be one of the earlier members of Destiny's Child. But then I thought, I don't want... But then I thought, do I want to be people that exist outside of the beehive? No, not really. Who wants that smoke? Isn't there one one girl who was in Destiny's Child and she said, oh, I left because Beyonce made us all go on tanning beds except her. And then it turned out that was rubbish. <laughs> this girl was just yeah, a bit mad. Yeah, exactly. She's a bit mad. And that's that's how you get yourself buried, really. There you go. Uh, going yeah. against Beyonce. Like, so I don't want to do that either. <laughs> you don't even want to be friends with someone that's going against Beyonce. So I don't want to do that. No. Mm-mm. So, yeah, I, I'm still happy with my choice, I think. Mm. But yeah, that Jeff that, Lynn as well. Just sorry to Jeff end with the one. Jeff Lynn point is uh, you also get to be in, I think, the only successful super group of all time because you often hear which is the traveling wilburys if the people don't know yeah uh, yeah I'm not, wrong. I'm not wrong there am i Suze? that's that, that's like i'm one sure of the that's few... correct yeah yeah jeff I, lynn was, was super in... group there's loads of super groups well, howard well, well well so interestingly what defines a super group is is it is it one to like i would say audio slave which was rage against the machines band with the singer from soundgarden chris cornell okay. very good but that isn't really a super that's, group that's... is it that's just, that's just so. a singer. No, because it's a singer basically joining a band. Like it was, I don't know, it's, to me, it's not like, with the Travelling Wilburys, the reason it's the definitive supergroup is you have Bob Dylan, George Harrison, Tom Petty, and Jeff Lynne. Now that yeah. is four people coming together. And, sorry, and um, uh, Roy Orbison, from uh, the, yeah. the writer and singer of Pretty Woman. That is... The like, how many stars have you brought together for one band? They had one album, and then Roy Orbison died. Uh, I'm not laughing this time. And, um, <laughs> that, and I laughed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, and uh, I wasn't laughing at Freddie Mercury dying. By the way, I was laughing that I've obviously forgotten that Freddie but no, Mercury but it's, died. It, it's it's a it's a good point because people like it means I don't have to be jealous of Freddie Mercury's success because it ended yeah. in his death. So mm, yeah. if he'd lived, he life ended, not his success though. But that being said, yeah. if, in this alternate universe where he did make it, mm. like, you know, and became an advocate for protease inhibitors, do you think now people would be like, can you believe that Freddie Mercury is telling us to get the vaccination? <laughs> and, uh, you know, just because he survived the, that pandemic, don't know nothing about this pandemic. <laughs> that's the problem is from that whole woke generation, uh, always waiting to do the Fandango. What about British dances? <laughs> <laughs> 
So <laughs> did you see one of Wright said Fred? Because they've come out, they're like their their own big comeback was just being giant anti-vaxxers, and now everyone talks about him again. And one oh, of them no. had to go to hospital last week. It came out that he was in hospital for four days on oxygen with COVID. Jesus. And he's he came out today and was like, No, it's not. I banged my head and had to go to hospital, and then I caught COVID in there, and then four days later I went home, and everyone was like, Lies make still- baby Jesus cry. <laughs> Lies do make baby Jesus. <laughs> But then I guess the right said Fred lifestyle already makes baby <laughs> according to them. Did you see when they got punched in the face in Russia? Did they? Oh no! One of the guys did. I wasn't sure if it was Fred. It could have been the <laughs> other one who I'm going to call Tony. Um, but I think it might have been Fred. And some and they were doing as they were talking about um, LGBT rights in Russia. Really bad place to do and that. And it went down and really were, badly. Surprisingly, yeah, it went really badly. Mm. I mean, just to be yeah. fair and, to right said Fred, I just want to say one thing before we move on is. Um, Deeply Dippy is a very good song. I mean, <laughs> often, over, often overlooked. I'm Too Sexy is the thing that everyone thinks of when they talk about Right Said Fred. Deeply Dippy, as my friend Rob knows, is one of the best produced songs. Go away and listen to that, listeners. Oh, wow. Yeah. Am I going to have to reevaluate Right Said Fred? I know, I know one their song. song, Don't Talk, Just Kiss. <gasps> yeah, let mm. your tongue lose control. That's how it went, wasn't it? They, yeah, exactly. See, so there you go, Howard. Susan, yeah, okay. I... I'll go and listen to that one. Yeah, that, that's the one I'd say. And they had a song called Wonder Man that the, its main thing was it featured on the Sonic 3 advert. Okay. Wow. So they had that Niche. as well. So, so the lesson here is, there. guys, doesn't matter what member of a band you are, like, no one stays famous forever. So <laughs> <just> <laughs> get the lifestyle you want. He's smashing it, though. I remember Tom Stay told me once that he was like, um, he, uh, I think he said he, he toured with Kevin Bridges and he was like, you know, I'm going to earn that much, Dane, but I can go to Sainsbury's. And I was like, yeah, that's Fair. cool. But then, now, <laughs> yeah. but then now you could just be super famous and have a cardo. So, yeah. It's probably time for a question, isn't it, Dane, as the uh, format of this show tends to dictate. Yes, uh, Miss Suze Campner, as our very esteemed guest, we welcome you to <laughs> ask our first question, which can be any question on any topic or subject you'd like with no taboos and no restrictions, which we'd like to discuss for 15 minutes or some change. And then how I'd like to pose a question of a similar nature to yourself, which we'd like to discuss. And then I'd like to also ask you a question for both of you to discuss uh, for 15 minutes or so. And then if it please, if it please you to let our listeners know where they can find out more about your good up and coming works and all of your other past and present works as well. Oh, How thank does that you. Sound? That sounds really great. I love to answer questions and to ask them. So would you like my question right now? Yes, please. Okay. This is something I was thinking about last night. And then when Howard this morning said, oh, you'll pose a question. I went, of course I could pose this question. Do you miss VHS? And what I mean Brilliant. by that is, <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? Because VHS was a very different format and we see the advent of digital media, like on-demand stuff, DVD, Blu-ray, um, as it's just better. However, I was thinking about the fact that when you watch stuff on VHS, it was often um, a different screen ratio to fit our old style square tellies. And mm. sometimes your mind would do more for you than the slightly more grainy lower res image on the screen so with dvd and blu-ray we know what's in the background of every shot because you can see it whereas in films like alien if you're watching it on vhs you might get more from it because you're going oh is that the alien is that the alien but you don't with dvd because you can tell it's just like some well that's just what i think that's just one reason that vhs was kind of an interesting 
format. I mean, just so it's, <laughs> this is a quite depressing moment. Should we just make it, shall we make clear what VHS is to pinch <laughs> the younger listeners? <laughs> I don't know what it stands for. I should have looked that up. Video? It, <laughs> it definitely is video. I'm thinking video is definitely the first one. Video, uh, hooray. Ah, video, hooray. If, in fact, well, if you bring Hooray's. back a VHS shop, it should be called Video Hooray. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> this video. is video home system. Video oh, that makes sense. Home okay. System. And it was um, the alternate to so at the time. This is because cassettes are the actual format used, but yes. the video mm. home system was the alternate to the uh, Betamax, which was the top loading video cassette loader. Whereas a VHS, Correct. you would just insert. VHS became the prevalent technology because it was competing against Betamax in the same way that like. Was it was it Blu-rays competing against another type of uh... HD DVD? Yeah, that's it. And it oh, yeah. I think it came down to which one was uh, which one was available on the PlayStation. I think you could play Blu-rays on the PS3 or PS4. Yes, that and is I think a, yeah, that... PS3 helped, and it was also because I think it was the preferred uh, method of streaming pornography. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they say pornography normally dictates what kind of well for streaming in particular normally determines your kind of video formats and stuff. Is like because that's the largest, that's the larger bulk of the internet, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah. So, in, and that's I've, the only I've, people I've paying to say for though, <laughs> 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 I have to say though, to me, when you talk about VHS, okay, so you you were talking about it from a, a kind of. Uh, cinematic cinematography yeah like as a, as a viewing to, experience yeah which i think is a very interesting thing because obviously it means that you have a particular brain that thinks on that kind of level uh creative <laughs> artistic brain i thought when you brought up vhs and whether we should kind of reevaluate its place in society i thought about the fact that if you go in my so me so sue's day and i don't know if you're busy today but we could all get in my car and go to my mum's house in Epping and get into her, her loft and find all the VHS tapes that we had in my house, in my family growing up. And what you'll find, and I'm happy to admit we broke the law, uh, <laughs> we recorded stuff off the television, right? Mm. That's what we all did, right? We, oh, yeah. Lis, lis, listeners who have no concept of what we're talking about because you're young, <laughs> partly, you know, fuck you, but at the same time, yeah, you know, fuck like... you. Like, yeah. I don't, Howard, I'm not caveating this shit. I know what a quill <laughs> and ink is. I wasn't born at a time when people just use quill and ink and candlelight to write stuff, but I'm still aware of it. Fucking do some research, you idiots. It's easy for you to do it anyway. I had to have so to use young like, and privileged. Just, just get do some work. Exactly, because yeah. when I had to learn about another system, I had to sit down and watch a very fucking long instructional VHS video <laughs> and then do the tracking, whereas you can skip to what you need to find out. So I don't feel, I don't care, Howard. Don't explain shit to these young kids, honestly. Okay, Agreed. fine. So, so basically, you know, unlike, just so it's clear, unlike Sky Plus or whatever you've got now, you just pressed the button and it recorded it. Whereas obviously you had to actually work out where you were in the tape, right? Susie, you have a 180-minute tape. Yeah. I've already recorded Bugsy Probably Malone. Casino, if it's 180 yeah, minutes, yeah. Well, that's it. I, mean, I can't do Casino. I can't put Casino because it's not going to fit. So we've had breaks because I'm recording it off the television. That's it. <laughs> so, so I have, you know, I've got Bugsy Malone. I've got 60 minutes left. I'm going to put a couple episodes of more Mindy at the end of this. And, I'm, <laughs> and, that's, and that's tape 24 done. And then you I look see. at, I've got, I've got a book that my family have with like all of these tape numbers and all of these tapes they're in there and you know it's kind of it's kind of That's weird a, le- a ledger yeah a ledger, a ledger like a file yeah. and see yeah. how the thing is what you've done there is you've essentially put together your family's algorithm mm. 
Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. That, that's the difference is that because people are paying attention and because people are interacting with one another and been able to work out how our palettes work and what people liked and also people learned to have much more. And because of that VHS system you had, Howard, people would have a much more eclectic um, taste in film. So you may tape Casino, but someone who's younger might be like, I don't want to see Casino really. Mm-hmm. But they fast forward that so they can get to like the other episodes of the, uh, you know, <laughs> Yeah, get some more comedy on there. So, and like some of the films that I watched as a kid, on because of this collection that had been recorded by members of my family, whether it be my dad or my mother or my older brothers, I, I was just subjected to stuff that I just wouldn't have. I remember when I saw, yeah, <laughs> I remember when I saw a, a, a Razorhead, which I don't know if anyone's mm. seen the yeah. David Lynch film. That's scary like, on terri- VHS. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, on oh, it was a terrifying series. I was, I couldn't cope with it. But I think that mm. culturally is quite an interesting thing that you kind of that we've lost from VHS. Like as I say, the the cinematography element. I think you're right. Like you get something different, but like culturally, Dane. Like do you know what I mean? Like you 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 had a sense. I don't of- know. I completely agree on both points. I think you're both right. I think Sue's definitely so far as cinematography and also the aesthetic, because uh, yes. Yeah, a really good point that your mind would allow you to kind of help towards creating aesthetic um as opposed to like with hdtv now it's mm. not bad but sometimes it's like you're answering questions i didn't really need to ask i, don't, I don't need to see the makeup on i the don't people. exactly when it starts and ends like i saw mm. like oh, i should probably not mention a name so i'll just say mm. i saw a uh tv presenter of yesteryear on a um, reality show and she didn't look bad but it's kind of like it's more than i need to know <laughs> and I think, and maybe that's because, like, I was brought up in those kind of filters that you would see, like shows like Heart to Heart and Murder Show. Yeah. And those filters gave it a certain level of making it appear more rustic. And Are you saying um, that Angela Lansbury's looking her age, Dane? Is that? What you're <laughs> I don't know if Angela Lansbury can fucking. Hey, she outlived Tom Bosley on that damn show. So shout out to her <laughs> and rest in peace, Tom Bosley from Murder She Wrote. But what I will say is that actually, and it's quite interesting that if you really do the timeline, Suze most of the people that Angela Lansbury as Jessica Fletcher sent to prison in yeah. the short universe are probably finishing up their sentences now for life in prison. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> she and wants to be careful. This is what I mean. They're going to be coming home now. There's a bunch yeah. of people that are going to be like, who put you in here? <laughs> I'm in here because of Perry everyone, Mason. Yeah. And then everyone, everyone know, by the way, that Angela Lansbury is uh, 95. And yeah, alive. man. She's so still going. She did Blythe Spirit about three years ago on the West End. Apparently she had to read all her lines, but I'm not going to hold that against her. She's old. She's as old yeah, as the queen. Yeah, she is. She's, she is. As old as a theatre, it sounds like. So, yeah. you know, in her defence. <laughs> she oversaw its construction. Exactly. But because of that use of those, like, kind of, like, VHS, like, um, quasi-80s um, filters, mm. 70s, 80s filters, like, it's still there's a certain level of timelessness. And it's like, when someone is doing, like, a flashback on a VHS in a film, oh, well, they flash back. And you're like, oh, my yeah. God, where am I? But whereas I think, like, a programme, like, something like, remember remember Dick Tracy with Warren um, Beatty in it? Oh, yeah, Al Pacino. And, yeah, yeah, Al Pacino. Stuff. Like an all-star cast. But that yeah. wouldn't have worked with HDTV. Like, you Mm-mm. need that kind of, like, you know, feel. Like, Howard, think about it. It goes to show you how good Susie's theory is, is that <laughs> what's the first thing people do when they take pictures on Instagram and stuff? They use filters. Yeah. Like mm. you use on, like, um with VHS quality stuff. Because yeah, you, they go, you don't want the truth. Yeah, yeah people don't want the truth. And, and it's not like, you know, it's about dissonance is more escapism which is why mm. you watch films and programs in the first place and i think the whole vhs setup used to help with that also i kind of felt like because you had to be involved in actively adjusting it so with you know most most of the time when we're experiencing a high definition television is via a streaming platform which means if my internet goes down i'm screwed mm. but the vhs 
that data is always saved as a hard drive on that cassette. Yes. I can be actively involved in determining that quality through the use of a very good analog switch used for tracking. And if you don't know what <laughs> tracking is, well then, fuck you. <laughs> we made our own adventures. We had to use that tracking. Yes. Well, get like a pirate cassette and it would start off being like, I don't know, at the top. Mm. And you couldn't even see the screen, but with enough tracking, I'd be like, I have the dexterity of a bomb disposal expert. And I've made it possible <laughs> for my whole family to see the land before time this half term. <laughs> well, I haven't thought about tracking for a long time. That was, yeah. That's where it was at. Great, a great trick that the youngsters of today can't play on a sibling. My brother's there watching our video of The Lion King. I, for a fun prank, can change the tracking as I leave the room. He has no choice but to get up and change it back if he wants to carry on watching Simba Scar and the buddies have their exactly. adventures. Yeah. It forces interaction. It, allow, it yes. forces you to be able to rationalise and manage a sibling rivalry. Not like kids yeah. say, they'd be like, that's okay. I'll just tether onto <laughs> someone else's phone in my room. That's exactly it. My nephew is never, he doesn't even know what everyone else wants to watch the TV too even means because he can just stream one among us on his phone yeah. or on his iPad. Like they, they're never forced to interact with anybody. And that's the problem with how it is that because of that, it means that because you all have separate entities that don't have to use one communal form of, mm-hmm. you know, watching something like one of Howard's amazing VHS mixtapes, <laughs> it means that that allows for more individualism by creating these individual algorithms. Whereas yeah. when people were forced to subsist on the same media source, it meant that yes, I, Dane Baptiste, cishet man, would enjoy watching Beverly Hills Cop, but I also <laughs> had to watch Curly Sue because yes. that's it's worse. And it meant yeah, that I'm sure we all grew up in yeah. we all grew up in one TV household. Surely none of us yeah, are yeah. millionaires. So yeah, I remember like if Neighbours was on, I was not allowed to play on the Master System or indeed watch our VHS and Mister Nanny anymore. Yeah, and and then oh, you got to wait. Nanny, now you're talking. Exactly, <laughs> and you got to wait for in, in Neighbours and East Enders to finish and then maybe yeah. you might get a good bit of Games Master and record yes. that and I tell you what you better catch it on the fly yep. not like now it's Sky Plus where people are like oh I'll just record a whole series and then go about the rest of my life getting something accomplished there is no excuse for obesity just kidding I'm not <laughs> fat but I'm just saying you got a lot more free time to interact with people but I guess that's kind of one of the things I miss about VHS in the same way that you had any other communal form of broadcast media is that it kind of encouraged people to uh, socially enjoy this kind of thing like mm. you know it's like if the, as a streaming platform, if you think about it, if you if they find out a way to link a reclining chair with Bluetooth to a streaming platform, then you won't need to go to the cinema for much longer. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing is that the cinema is not just about the um, visual. There is the entirety of... It's a multi-sensory experience, just like a VHS that you don't really get. Uh, the more things become a lot more compartmentalised and digital. Hard and, uh, agree. I've missed, that's, that's, yeah, I, I've missed the cinema. You know, the old pandemic. Also, also VHS is good as well because it meant if someone went to buy one, a pornographic one from a <laughs> shop, they had to fucking own that. And, they, <laughs> they just, and, and it meant, and I don't know if people know this, but ever since porn has gone online, you know what else has been severely damaged? The fishing publishing industry. 
Really? <laughs> yeah, because when you'd go and buy a top shelf video, you'd have to buy a fishing magazine to hide it inside of. <laughs> gotcha. But now you don't have to do that anymore. So the hardware and fishing publishing industries are in steady decline. And, you know, it's all linked, guys. It is all linked. I've got to ask, Dave. Yeah. I've got to ask. Is that actually true? Or have you just said that? <laughs> no, I just said that. But it sounded true, didn't it? <laughs> it, sound, it did sound true. And I, for true. one, will be spreading that rumour. Yeah, and yeah. people have to think twice about like spreading rumours because now I can just say to you guys, do your research on YouTube and I know yeah. that I'm just leaving you to basically find a needle a needle of truth in a haystack of lies and embellishments. <laughs> Whereas with the VHS, we all could sit down and watch that same cassette tape and it couldn't be tampered with. I mean, don't <laughs> get me wrong, there may have been a Milky Way advert in between the information being disseminated on the VHS. Sure. That comes to the territory. You'd also yeah. get some adverts for cigarettes and cigars too. Yeah. Was, that was the great thing about VHS as well is that you get the nostalgic adverts when you go back oh, and watch yeah. something and be like, oh yeah, we used to advertise cigars. I actually think, I actually think this conversation has made me, I, I was just thinking as we were talking whether could VHS make a comeback like vinyl? And I actually just thought, no, but you could imagine a hipster calf in Hackney that has like booths where you can sit and watch old people's old VHS collections and laugh at the nonsense that people used to record. Well, yeah, I there's probably a small online industry fandom where people do just talk about that on Reddit or something. Yeah, VHS enthusiasts, absolutely. But oh, there's, uh, there's the episode of The Simpsons where they there's a comic book guy has a secret vault of VHS tapes and he's got stuff like um, actual alien autopsy real JFK mm. assassination and stuff. <laughs> so I think in that respect, there may be certain elements or, you know, certain pieces of iconography or, you know, chronicled parts of human history that may not exist in any other format other than VHS. And I think it might be important. And I think, do you know what, Howard? I think you're right, you know. I think it might make a comeback. Do you know why? Because with digital uh, media, because we're now in the era of like deep fakes, then mm. I think because you can't tamper with VHS um, video in the same way, I mean, no, I, I mean, you probably could, but... <laughs> If it's a VHS, yeah. you can probably tell if it's been tampered with. But if you can do that, then it might be good for um, seeing for authenticity. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it might work in that respect. And then I just feel yeah. like I just and I just like to think that there is, like I said, like Sue said, there is an alternate Earth where Freddie Mercury survived, yeah. and you know we moved on to electro- electric cars much quicker. And as a result of more increased innovation, people are doing stuff like you can probably go to a bar with a VHS and probably record stuff on there real easily. Like in the same way, you know, like phone boxes are kind of like obsolete now but then like they say you got like mm. a message in prison you're like you can record it onto VHS that's what this should be able to happen we should let convicts be able to record data onto VHS and send it to their children and their families ah lovely. that's fair lovely well what a what a question Suze you've nailed that one mate um, <laughs> welcome to the question everything club forever thank we'll you this, I'm, I'm we'll glad put... that we we covered so many bases there and I enjoyed yeah. it thank you and I think I will also take this recording of this Zoom and put it on VHS at some point. (laughs) You never know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. 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 Um, So my question is not going to be as fun. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> um, because, Suze, I, I was thinking back, I was you know, obviously reading, just, you know, I do my little investigative research about the guest. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, and tell me if I'm completely mistaken, were you not in on a... On election night, a couple of years ago, on on a on a on Sky, was it on you on Sky? Yeah, I got asked just before the twenty nineteen election, do you want to be the light hearted comic relief that night, all night, on Sky News? And I thought, yeah, I will because I figured that the election results were going to be incredibly depressing anyway. So I thought, at least I'll be like working and it'll be a bit of fun and I'll be around people. It was genuinely one of the most awful experiences. Yes, no, I remember seeing some footage. I had to see the the results came in and and just after they came in, the (laughs) exit poll came in and I was like, fuck, I'm so depressed. And then Dominic Raab walked in. Like, honestly, awful, awful, awful. I I hated it. I was there for nine hours and I did did end up just, they cut to me. So you, yeah, you like, are kind of what uh, I think uh, is, um, you know, you are of a, 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 a let's do, if you tell me if I'm wrong, a, of a liberal yeah. mindset. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm Labour, one of those lefty yeah. cuck. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Soy boy. Soy boy. yeah, I'm a total soy boy. <laughs> and I, I, I you know, I, I have to ask uh, you uh, to kind of see where you are. Kind of, well, look. I, I, I think this is a tricky one to talk about because we, 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 this episode is going to come out, and at the time of recording, the world has just watched for a week when Afghanistan mm-hmm. has kind of, kind of had its latest chapter of uh, tra- tragedy. Probably isn't exaggerating it. I think maybe. No, I don't uh, think that's an exaggeration. Uh, and so I wanted to ask, as someone who is from a liberal mindset how you have dealt with this because i think one thing we're definitely hearing a lot of are people who is not necessarily from a liberal mindset and or i don't know maybe we are hearing from lots i don't know what people think but to me how you know how are you coping or dealing or feeling about what we've just witnessed in afghanistan well i think this will shock both of you and all the listeners i think war ultimately is bad and right, I think, yeah, you know, oh, blown out of your seats, I bet, by that little little uh, <laughs> nugget there. Um, yeah. It's been Bloody commies, very... bloody commies coming <laughs> yeah. on our show, Dane. Oh, I think <laughs> war and conflict and blowing people up is a bad thing. Um, I found it very... culturally Marxist over here, Howard. <laughs> yeah, sorry about this, listeners. <laughs> Hang on a minute. I've just got to knit some yogurt and eat some tofu blocks <laughs> over it. <laughs> but I, what I found really interesting is, um, uh, like, this will also shock you. I don't like this front bench we've currently got. I think they're bad too. But seeing, um, seeing them sweat in Parliament over this, it's quite interesting because... The Tories 
they're good at being a united front and they haven't been good at it for about two months, which shows me. And their main thing, like conservative means keep things the same. So ultimately they want to stay in power and they know that infighting is bad, even if the even if their ideals are challenged by not arguing amongst themselves. And the fact that they are over this shows that this front bench is not infallible and that even though it feels like they're a perpetual motion machine that gets ever more popular, they're not. Because you've got Theresa May there, who the hostile environment, that was her big pet project. It's her favourite thing. And she's weighed it up and decided that she likes refugees more than she likes Boris Johnson. And that's ultimately a good thing, even though I can't stand her. And I think she rolled out the red carpet for this government. I wonder if we could make a game show of things people like more than Boris Johnson. Um, <laughs> yeah. You could do like, I you could guess do we should. Guess we should go on there first. Carrie fucking Simmons. Because that's what we want to know. <laughs> when you see that man taking off underpants and saying stuff like, well, you know, I just... And you say there should be more people like that in this world, you know. Come and get in between these legs. Let's have on here first. Yeah, I okay. reckon there's loads of things she likes more than Boris Johnson. I wonder, yeah. like, I think I like... Because I hate being sick. I think it's I think it's gross. And then it always takes two days of going like, what if I'm sick again? Uh, like, that's horrible. I like that way more than Boris Johnson. So I bet, she, And I bet she feels the same. I bet she likes being sick way more than Boris Johnson. But to steer it back to sick, sick with, Afghanistan. With <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry, I got Af- off the Afghanistan topic. Yeah, it, 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 I, I felt like I wanted to ask you guys to talk about this today because I feel like I'm hearing things that feel like a very (laughs) limited perspective on what this represents. Mm -hmm. We've had, we've had, Sorry, listeners, we've had 30 minutes. There's been a lot of laughter. I'm about to ruin it all. But that's the magic. VHS, of, that's the magic. eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the magic of question everything. We never really know what will happen on this show. It can go from VHS to Afghanistan. But the, the, the point that I feel is, and I talk to Dane about this a lot when we chat generally, is, 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 is I often bring up Inception and how Inception is a film. You have these idea of layers and you're in the layers of the dream. And, and, and to me, I just see so many people talking in this layer about Afghanistan as no, do you know what? It is really fucking tragic what's going on, but there is another layer going on above that and another layer going on above that. And I want to hear more people talking about that. I feel like the concept of why the fuck we were there <laughs> should be discussed heavily. Why are we there? But that's the, this is the thing is that it's it's the idea in terms of discussing this paradigm of uh, war in terms of belligerence is uh, that there is no unilateral way of discussing this. And so Afghanistan is really a part of a larger conversation about foreign policy and diploma- diplomacy done on behalf of the West on a larger scale and why that really is being proven in this time now to be ineffective. So... When you say, why were we there? The short answer is because of resources and wealth. And we presume that a country that was able to defeat the entirety of the Soviet forces would be able to be defeated um, in the course of 20 years when Mm. arguably the largest army the earth has ever seen wasn't able to do it. And I don't really think people understand how serious Afghanistan is as a region. One of them being, one of the reasons why Mail Order Brides became a big thing in like the 80s from Russia is because a lot of the eligible Russian men were killed in that war. And so there were so few men that these women had 
no one to be able to help them out because obviously they were also living under a somewhat oppressive uh, communist regime. Well, maybe not communist regime. Let's say Soviet regime. And yeah, but it was well, like the root. Communism, communism, yeah, but yeah, it, yeah, yeah. But the communism that it was based on this mm. kind of kind of failed. Um, and so these women were destitute and were forced into basically what I would like to call really soft core sex work mm. in order to survive with male order brides. That's how bad it was. Not only that, if you go to Afghanistan, the war, all of the uh, weapons used by the Russians in that conflict are left there. Just to remind people, everyone who came here has failed. My, I have an aunt who has never served in the armed forces. But when we began to invade Afghanistan, she referred to it as the soldier's graveyard. That is a reputation that Afghanistan has as a region. It is unconquerable. So much so that on the border of Pakistan and Afghanistan, there is a mountain range which is called Waziristan, which has always belonged to the Taliban in the first place and was never taken from them, was never settled, and they engage in open diplomatic relations with Pakistan. And that's the level of power they have. And these are things that most people on, in the West were not aware of when we decided to invade Afghanistan. What is even more troubling is the fact that we have forgotten the fact that Afghanistan was used as a staging point to begin the further invasion of the Middle East because Afghanistan was 2001 and I think Iraq was 2003. So we're, yeah, we're worried about Afghanistan. Why are we still in Iraq? Mm-hmm. And what's even more troubling that people may not know this is that during our invasion of these disputed regions, initially the, in the first Gulf conflict, the ratio of soldiers to versus private military contractors, which are mercenaries, uh, was three to one. Now in Afghanistan, it's one to one. Mm-hmm. So we have been occupying while privately hired mercenaries have been securing petrochemical interests for Western powers. And so that's why we're there, so that mercenaries and private security firms can secure oil interests for oil barons based in the West. That is the and reason why we're there. You're, 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 I obviously was a, <laughs> wasn't quite as aware about the mail order bride bit, but I was aware of a lot of what Dane was going to cover there uh, in terms of uh, I share some of that knowledge. And, and one of my next kind of elements was, was, was well, why... I, <laughs> You know, like why we care about Afghanistan? Like it's kind of like why you know it's kind of you know why are we there? But why do we care about it now? Like Sue's, like clearly, mm. like, I'm not a horrible human being who's thinking we shouldn't care about those people suffering. Like that's clearly not what I'm getting at when I say that. Well, no, if I put that on Twitter, I would easily get a lot of abuse for suggesting why we should be caring about Afghanistan. But the reason I'd say that is to say that that if you look at the world and you want to change the world, as in like, hey, we don't like the Taliban, we don't believe in the way they run their country or whatever it should be. That list of places we feel that way about is fucking long. So why mm-hmm. is it there? Why is it there that we're, why, why are we there? And as Dane has pointed out, it comes to do with a really scary thing that I think people are going to have to kind of come to terms with, which is us people out here in the West, Brit- Britain, America and and beyond we've still got a pretty colonial policy of how we try and like that was, that was a form of colonialism that went over the last 20 years and it was. Oh it yeah. And it really goes wrong. back a hundred years or more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. But I mean, in our lifetime, yeah. we're, we're all the same age, right? I have a similar age, us three. And it's like the idea that in our lifetime as adults, like I remember mm-hmm. exactly when nine 11 happened. We all remember what happened in those next year or two. The idea of we've yeah. watched the power of the yeah. West, this colonial rule across the world, Go from like, hey, we're just going to go and take over Afghan Afghanistan. We'll sort that place out. They'll have democracy. They'll have McDonald's. It will all be fine. Then we'll move on to the other places. It's like, no, 
we're we fucked it, mm-hmm. and that says a lot, mm-hmm. I think. And, and as we're and as we're and as we're doing that, you are watching those same countries who espouse these narratives about uh, democracy trying to alter their own democratic systems by either removing a majority representation in this country. So instead of having a majority rule in this country, you're getting rid of that and adhering to a first past the post system. Or in places like Georgia in the United States, when you're actually trying to repeal voters' rights to ensure that African-Americans yeah. have less of a vote. Mm. So that's how stupid we look, because now this is all taking place on a much larger global scale with through the lens of social media, mm. where we are actively seeing Americans go back on everything they said. Not only that, um, in, I was reading an article this week that was in the Washington Post, where a guy said that he was arguing with his dad at Christmas about us invading Afghanistan 20 years ago. And now he realizes his father is right because his dad used to serve in the army. And he recalls stuff like when they would be in Afghanistan or troops in Afghanistan, that people that may identify as members of the Taliban or as the tribes that are associated with the Taliban, because the Taliban is, because the Taliban is not a, a group and it's not the same mm-hmm. political party, it's a tribe. Mm-hmm. And so they are not even aware of a functioning government in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. They never have been. That's not how they ever considered it. And, it, and so, like you said, Howard, it's this colonial hubris that we think we can take our bipartisan political supposedly democratic system and impose that on other people, even though we know that our system is not only fallible, but in itself is flawed and by its own nature is not really truly democratic. From the beginning of the fact that in order for you to even have a political party or have a political assembly, you need at least 10 grand to start a company, which Mm -hmm. is why you have a bunch of people who, you know, are nurses, for example, who are not represented. And you've got some rich dude with the Monster Raven Lunar Party that's just there for nothing other than a fucking joke. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of so you think about it. We we're crit- we're critiquing the political makeup of other nations, but we have rich aristocrats that can just have a monster raven lily pie just for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where that could yeah. be you know used for any kind of you know to uh, uh, the opportunity for real political discourse. It's a vanity project for a rich white dude that lives in the UK. Yeah, and then right. you have the, the United States, whereby within a democratic system of over three hundred million people, the presidency over the course of this entire war has stayed within the same four bloodlines. Yes. Yeah. The fact that Obama, you can trace him back to George Washington and Clinton, you can trace back to George Washington. And And then his wife tried to be president and then she got exposed for the stuff she was doing in Afghanistan where they mm-hmm. were breaking international laws and convening Geneva, yeah. uh, Geneva Convention. And instead of people being like, we probably shouldn't treat people this way. Mm. You know why? Because when they see you fucking killing innocent people, they're probably going to think you're not good people after all. Yes. And then it yeah. makes it very easy for a tribal-based militia that's been trained by the CIA to return to power because then you just go, oh, well, we could be with these guys who sometimes kill people in line with the Quran and it's very, very archaic and medieval. Or these Americans who just shoot people for no fucking yeah. reason. And they're mm-hmm. not even from this country. So it's, it's, a, it's not that hard to sell, really. And so that would be one of the reasons why, why did we go in the first place? Would just be to, well, we were, the, the short answer is to steal. But this is what we're dealing with now, is that you've yeah. got people that have had this eye. Because one of the first tactics that were used um, when we invaded Afghanistan was to finance and support a group called the Northern Alliance, mm. who are another group of tribesmen who are based in Afghanistan, who are opposed to the Taliban. Only opposed to them tribally, not opposed to their beliefs. They're equally restrictive in terms of their ideas towards women, equally regressive in their ideas towards like um, religion and terms of society, uh, whether it might be like, you know, rights of gender. But because they are, but we just took the, we, we took the strategy, the enemy of our enemy is a friend of ours, even though they're insane. Because, you know, like I said, 
So far as Taliban ideologically, they're no different to Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this is it's where before- it gets complicated, right, Suze? Because, mm. you know, this there's is plenty where- of countries. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is because there's plenty of if you want to list the countries right you want to list the countries that we've got issues with it's, it's not well, a hard well even if we, if we stay with on the subject of Afghanistan and the issue being of the Taliban how have this group of uh, mountain based tribesmen been able to overthrow a government that mm-hmm. was installed and trained alongside the security forces by a uh, Anglo-American coalition well then we need to go back to the Soviet-Afghan war and this database of rebel fighters based in the mountains who didn't believe in Soviet rule, who were trained and financed by the CIA and by American forces in order to defeat the Soviet forces. This group was mm. called the Mujahideen. But their name, when they appear in dossiers and on files, is database. The word for that in Arabic is Al-Qaeda. So that is a golem, for lack of a better expression, Howard, that was created mm. by the West. So you look at this. Yeah, way. no, you, yeah, total boogeyman. Yeah, yeah, you had you had the you had the tragedy that happened in um in Plymouth, right? Mm-hmm. By a guy who openly described himself as an incel yeah. who was hopeless with women and was able to turn that on his. So you imagine if we took a a hundred guys like that and gave them CIA training in weapons and torture and released them on, on onto a general population, how insane would that sound? Mm-hmm. But that's exactly what they did to the Taliban. Mm-hmm. They knew what their views were. You could, and if you don't believe me, anyone listening, you go and watch Rambo 3. <laughs> I was literally trying to say, it's yeah, a really good Rambo suggestion to, or go to watch suggest Jewel people of the go and get a VHS. Yeah, go go and buy the VHS of Rambo 3. Go Rambo uh, 3 or, or, or watch Jewel of the Nile. And then you will see where Americans heard all of the, what's referred to as maybe Salafist or Wahhabist principles of the Taliban. Not only did they, not only did all of this, all of this happen that Dane's talking about in Rambo three, they actually celebrate it in a in a, in a major motion picture with Sylvester yeah. Stallone. Exactly, How fucking stupid. Alongside child that? soldiers as well. Right. And so, Fuck me. whoever the Taliban are and how they're able to acquire this power is because they were trained by the West. Yeah. Yeah. Bin Laden got his exactly. training. Yeah. yeah. Bin Laden as a ready to go army against mm. against the Soviets. And so when we began this war on terror, because remember, this has all come under the umbrella of us winning a war on terrorism. Yeah. But if you are indigenous to that country and you have a constituency in that country, are you the terrorist? Mm. That's what we can ask the semantics mm-hmm. of this idea of war on terrorism, because the yeah. idea was that if we carved the head, which was supposed to be Osama bin Laden, who was supposed to be in Afghanistan and a devout Muslim terrorist, then that would end our war on terrorism. Mm-hmm. But then he was killed, not in Afghanistan. mm in Pakistan, mm-hmm. and he was buried at sea. And instead of the war, uh, a war on terrorism ending, it became more intensified because he was replaced by the Islamic State of, uh, you know, Iraq and um, Syria or ISIS, right? So yeah. who are supposed to be even worse. It's so, been ten years, hasn't it? Yeah. And you look at the situation; it, it doesn't appear to have got better. Not Correct. even slightly. I yeah. mean, even even with this whole thing with the Taliban is kind of like, do you? It's not. Do you think after years? Oh, let's not forget that. Um, you know, because a lot of people have been appalled at some of the human humanity they've seen in people trying to flee persecution mm-hmm. and reprisal from the Taliban. Um, let's not forget that Obama signed the Combatants Bill, which allowed for more drone strikes to drop on Afghanistan than any other nation on earth. Yeah. And any if any of those drones hit an a, an innocent child or a civilian, mm. it, they create the Americans create what's called a combatants bill, which means if that child is of fighting age, then they're considered a combatant, and it's okay to drone strike them. 
So yeah. that's that's why Afghanistan is the way it is. And finally, Howard, I want to make this point as well so people understand, yeah, is that that war still ain't paid for, you know. <laughs> that's number mm. one. That war is still not paid for, and that is about two trillion. And yeah. And also who and, and and not one person has been removed. And if you think it was easy for the Taliban to recruit before, oh well, after twenty years of occupation plus a rise in ISIS, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a cinch for them. It's gonna be an absolute cinch for them. I mean, and um so it's weird that people like so Howard, as far as I'm concerned, watching people lament about Afghanistan now, I like people who got like, remember egg.com, the credit card company? <laughs> yeah. People, yeah, or people that are dealing with like 2,500% APR. Mm. That's all you people are. You mm. Anyone who was born 20 years ago, who was of age, who knew what this was about, the basis for the invasion of Afghanistan was the presence of weapons of mass dest- destruction. To this day, none of you have ever seen it or been able to produce a picture the other premise was that, you know, it was predicated on the fact that Osama bin Laden was based in Afghanistan, who was the head of Al-Qaeda, which was the leading force of terrorism against the West. He was killed. It got worse. So that wasn't true. So why wouldn't... Yep. So even the fact that people are having discussions now where they're like, this is Biden's fault. This is Trump's fault. Mm. Neither of those people were involved in, Af- in the invasion of Afghanistan. That was a coalition that was formed between the Blair Labour government yep. and the Bush Republican administration. That's who invaded Afghanistan. So yep. even in that instance, like this has been a generation in the making. And what it also did was that anyone who's also now living in this era where you're questioning your own privacy within the West, it was the invasion of Afghanistan, which led to the signing of the Patriot Act, where we all gave away our rights to privacy within social media. Like yep. that was a turn of the century when the world as we knew it ended. All of your ramping up of your reality TV and your celebrity news as an effective distraction while you focus on the fact that at the same time, while you had a 20-year-long occupation, which has proven to be completely useless, mm-hmm. oh, your entire nation's also went bankrupt at the same time as well. And none of you wondered why in 2008, all the money in the world was written off, but we still had money to go to war for 20 years. Yeah. It's all been linked for years. All, this, is, mm-hmm. this is, as they say, this is just chickens coming home to roost. Like, you people don't think it's a coincidence that the, the production, 90% of opium production comes from fucking Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Now, how much has opioid fentanyl addiction changed in the last 20 years since opium production increased well, in Afghanistan? Dane. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. So that's all linked. So you imagine now the Taliban in power, one of the first things they said was that they want to reduce opium production because it's haram for them to be dealing in narcotics. And then the, and the US invaded. Now you've got mm-hmm. in the US, you've got so many people who are dealing with issues of opioids now. And then are forced to resort to like using heroin as an alternative because they can't get prescriptions for OxyContin and the like. And the amount of lives it's taken. Like people don't think this is all linked. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing about that, that whole web that you've just talked about there is that there will be a percentage of people who are highly intelligent that we would respect on many levels who would talk, start saying, ah, you're just... You're just talking conspiracy theories now. This is ridiculous. It's that like- I was about to say, yeah, this is all this. None of this is pie in the sky stuff. None mm. of this is, oh, you jet fuel can't melt steel beams. None of it. This is all um, complete fact yeah. that actually people in government wouldn't go, no, that's rubbish. They talk around it because that's all they do is talk around it. This is Let this me be was- perfectly clear mm. and then they say it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Let me be perfectly clear and then they change the subject. Yeah, and talk about gender studies or something. Um, but yeah, uh, can I say thank you, Dane? That was all really brilliant. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, no, thank you. Because we, we can all see this shit. It's, it's one of those things where you, you can't help but, like I say, you know, feel bad at times because, like, you'll see your friend who's saying, like, hey, can you donate to help mm. these poor people? And mm-hmm. my instant response with the knowledge that I'm trying to acquire and understanding of some of the stuff we've just talked about for the last 20-odd minutes makes me go, well, no, that isn't our solution. It is, I'm not to say that I shouldn't donate, by the way. Like, that's not what I'm getting no, at. No, no, no. Not a matter of me saying, oh, people shouldn't donate. It's more going, if you think that's you fucking solving this problem, you're living in a yeah. fucking dream world. You're living in a fucking... Like, the people that I love like, in my life... That's what I mean, Dave. It's like people I love in my life, right? You people you love with like generous hearts, like good souled people. And they're saying, well, why haven't you donated more to help the refugees from Afghanistan? And I'd just be like, if you think that's our solution to this problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, like you say, it doesn't mean don't donate, obviously. Um, it's a similar thing to everyone going, isn't it wonderful all that money raised by Captain Tom? It's like the NHS shouldn't be a fucking charity. Well, uh, uh, you know, th- those that, the list of that thing goes on forever to me, which is you yes, know, this sense that this sense that something is supposed to dig out. Like one of the great things from because we have similar uh, generation, us three, mm, that mm-hmm. everyone remembers is Live Aid, which turned out mm. to be one of the biggest ripoffs in history in terms of where that money actually went. Like the the, the actual yeah. impact of that money that that that, that event raised was minimal in comparison mm-hmm. to what they portrayed it as. How everyone left Live Aid with Freddie Mercury and everyone else yes. performing was like, we've just saved Africa, everyone. Let's go and yeah. enjoy the 90s. It's like, no, nah, you, you, you don't is, know what the it's, fuck you're doing. The, the message um, could have been used in a very different way, as in this is the start of something, and instead people went, we solved it. Mm. Yeah. And it's always like that with these... Huge fundraisers. Uh, it, yeah, like, like this, you can raise awareness of something, and that's great. But you can't then paint well, that as a what, solution. This gives me a great opportunity because I have a small, you know, I have an audience here on this show, <laughs> not bigger, not as big as the entire globe. To say to YouTube and all the people who run YouTube, get off your fucking asses and do something about this because there's one platform. You know what? And I'm going to write to the guy that I know at YouTube. I don't. I'm not going to have a go at him, but you know, it's partly his responsibility. <laughs> To, to promote and build a conscience that is more than fucking cat videos, makeup tutorials, and fucking nonsense. Like, it, I, YouTube has a massive power over our world to promote. Well, and, and incels spreading their bile and people just of going, course. oh, they're just lonely guys. We need to look at how men feel isolated in society. I'm like, the, yeah, that's true. These guys are not an example of that. This is yeah. entitled but, fuckery. That's what I'm saying. In, in, in the West, we, we, we mitigate this this narrative. Mm. But then in, 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 in Afghanistan, we gave those same kind of people, those same platitudes, AK-47s yeah. and, and military training. Yes. And then yeah. we're surprised that the place is ungovernable. Yeah. And it, like the reason you don't hear about Saudi Arabia in the same breath is because we sell them a hell of a lot of weapons and it makes... They are excellent of, clients. Uh, it makes a small amount of rich people really very, good very, clients. very, yeah. very rich. Yeah. They pay on time, lovely clients. <laughs> 
lovely client, like better than most comedy mm. clubs, Ultimately, I imagine, in terms good of with their payment. paperwork and, it, and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, annoyingly, Dane, I've slightly fucked today's episode by letting this <laughs> one answer to this question run on in, into the time that we would normally do your question, Howard, Dane. That's fine, but Howard, we're not, li- we're not limited to that. And I hope, and as long yeah, as Sue's enjoyed it, herself and got to ask the questions she needed to, that's all that matters, Howard. We, we did VHS yes. in Afghanistan, but we did Afghanistan times too because Dane... Was was deeply in it. We were all deeply in it, and I felt I felt like we should just keep going. So sorry, yeah. listeners, you won't get to hear Dane's question to Sue's. Um, Dane, should we tease what it was, and we'll get Sue's back on another time. I know. I think we kind. Of, I think we kind of answered the question anyway because uh, I think I had a similar question to yourself, Howard, um, oh, which was covered very well. And I think it's it's also been a very poetic way of referencing Live Aid and also having a picture of Freddie Mercury and behind Freddie as well. Freddie Mercury behind me so at was, Live yeah. Aid. Exactly. Yeah. So it actually yeah, works yeah. out perfectly. Um, um, and yeah, than, we'll uh, get you speaking... back, Suze, partly because we yeah, definitely. clearly want to talk about uh, your experiences as a Christina Aguilera tribute act uh, with Dana. Dana, you know, you know all these. You've details, heard plenty right? about that, Paul Howard. I've, I've heard loads <laughs> of that, but Dane, have you, have you heard much about this or not? I've heard, I've heard a little about it. Heard enough. We'll, uh, we'll come back. No, 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 I like it. Susie's going to come back and we're, we're going to go deep into that, I think, because I, I think that's one of the great stories I've ever heard. But, um, but no, it's been brilliant. It's been brilliant having Susie. It's Susan got everything, including including um, organised crime. So, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm in. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was on the fence before, but now it's got everything I need. <laughs> my algorithm Miss Kempner. Um, and for those uh, who have now also keyed into your algorithm, where else can we find out some more of your good works, please? Oh, well, it, the, you can find everything I'm up to at twitter.com slash suzuk, S-O-O-Z-U-K. You can find that everything's on there. And uh, yeah, you can listen to Mystery on the Rocks podcast, which is me, Chris Stokes, Masood Milas, talking about true crime while drinking a lot of cocktails, me the most. And you can listen to the Queen podcast, which is the official Queen podcast, where myself, John Robbins, and other people who love Queen talk about the band Queen track by track. Sweet. (laughs) Have you done Radio Gaga yet? Because that's one of my faves. (laughs) We haven't got to Radio Gaga yet, which is featured on the 1984 album, The Works. Howard, (laughs) stop forcing it, okay? That's the problem. These people are purists. They're not just going to go for the discography like you like it, okay? We all want them to start with Bohemian Rhapsody. Then what would be left, Howard? What would be left? We have done Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, well, yeah. There's probably a couple of episodes about Bohemian Rhapsody, I imagine. We we can't stop talking about it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) When you do the soundtrack to Flash Gordon, I'm in. That is, <laughs> it's on the way. It's oh, on the way. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Thanks again, so Suze. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste. For more from Dane, go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him on Twitter at DaneBaptweets or Instagram at DaneSnapTeast. Our guest was Suze Kempner. You can follow Suze on Twitter at Suze UK or on Instagram at Suze Kempner. The show is produced by me, Howard Cohen. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Howard Cohen. The show is mixed and mastered by Audio Culture. You can follow Audio Culture on Instagram at We Are Audio Culture. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DBQE Podcast. Thanks to Polly, Gelly, and the ACAST team for all their support. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything.
Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.